You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. Today, we're talking about setting realistic recovery goals for the new year. My guest today is Hunter Bickers, a counselor's at, a counselor at Water's Edge Consulting in Savannah, Georgia. Welcome to the show, Hunter. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. I am thrilled to have you. I just have to say right off the top, I am uh, Hunter is coming to us from a very beautiful location in Savannah, Georgia. I am jealous because I love older homes and that that whole architecture. And you're right in the middle of it, Hunter. Well, it's absolutely incredible. And uh, my undergraduate degree was in history, um, which I still haven't used, but it looks cool on my wall. And just being here in this city, one of the first, one of the oldest cities in America, seeing the architecture, the the river, everything is absolutely incredible on a daily basis. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Such a pleasure. You know, I love having people that are working in uh, the recovery field, such as yourselves that are counselors that are also in recovery. Uh, which you are. And, and you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that and talk about realistic recovery goals in the new year. Listen, Hunter, you've been through this yourself personally, and people who are just getting sober, or maybe they've been sober for a little bit. You know, we're in 2024. We're saying to ourselves, hey, man, we're going to tackle this year and make it work. But sometimes the goals we set out in recovery aren't super realistic. Yeah. How do you go about really framing that, Hunter? I think one of the most important things is is to really sit back or take a step back, rather, and determine what's realistic and what isn't. And I think one thing that trips up a lot of people, especially those entering into early recovery, you know, when they were in active addiction or struggling with some other issue that has brought them to recovery, Maybe they took a step back in life. Maybe they lost some things. Maybe some relationships were damaged. Maybe some career things kind of took a turn they didn't want them to take. And so when we enter into recovery and we start to really feel the benefits of entering in recovery, we're getting excited, we're happy, we're motivated, we're reinvigorated. One thing that sometimes people will will do is they'll try to get everything back so quickly. They'll try to, to rush everything that might have been damaged they want to repair instantly and so they have all these goals and a lot of them are realistic but sometimes people try to tack on too much at one time and i use the analogy with clients you know if you were a server at a restaurant and i handed you 16 plates there's a good chance they're all going to fall and break but if i handed you one plate i bet you could deliver it to the table very easily so it's making sure that you space out your goals and really take a step back and prioritize them of what needs to happen first. Think about that goal, set sub goals as needed if necessary, and then start to just check them off one by one instead of trying to get everything back at once. And you can get all of these things that you want, but you just have to be patient. One of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to people in early recovery is to slow down. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were talking a lot in December about uh, this whole idea of not rushing, 
slowing down a little bit. You know, it's interesting because I think around the holidays, especially people that are in recovery, especially people that are new to recovery hunter say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to make up for lost time. It's going to be the best mm -hmm. Christmas ever. I'm going to overextend myself financially. I'm going to overextend my time and trying to compress everything. And that's such the wrong move, right? Like I know as a counselor, you deal with people who are saying like, hey, I'm just going to, I'm just going to work a billion different hours in 2024 and I'm going to make it happen. Kind of losing sight of good sobriety happens slow, slow sobriety as they call it, right? Yeah. Good things happen slow. Typically bad things happen quickly. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And, you know, one way to think about it is really in terms of cost. If for the next two, three, five, ten holiday seasons for them to be incredible. We have to take this one a little bit slower and a little more calmer. If that's the cost, well, then that's a price I think we're all willing to pay. It's understanding that establishing our base and really setting in a foundation of recovery, especially during the holiday season, which is one of the most triggering times of the year. Everybody's working less usually. There are more parties and functions. It's it's perfectly acceptable on Thanksgiving morning or Christmas morning to have an alcoholic drink at before noon, right? So we're, we're around it much more. Everything's more leisurely. People are happier. And so instead, right, this is a time to really batten down the hatches, whether somebody's within their first year of recovery or somebody's 10 years in recovery of just making sure that we recognize this time and the risks that accompany this time and making sure we are taking the steps to put our recovery first. Yeah, you know what? I mean, e even though I've been sober for several decades, I, you know, every day check in, tap into mm -hmm. what I call, you know, the higher power Wi-Fi. And I I I I stop a lot of the times. You know, I was just at an event not too long ago. And um, you know, I paused before I went in. Was I at risk? You know, probably not. These people know me, they know that I'm sober, but I need to make sure that I'm connected with what's going on. You know, can we talk about this whole process of setting goals, because I think this is one of the things that I think there's so many times that people in recovery say, you know what, my finances are a wreck. My personal relationships are a wreck. I, I have these career aspirations or things that I want to do in my personal life. And now that they're sober, they really see, hey, they might be going to meetings. They, they have a counselor such as yourself. And they're like, hey, I can really do these things. I'm seeing other people around me in recovery doing these things. But they don't necessarily have the process in which to get and to set these goals that are going to be realistic. What's a good process that you work on with your clients to make sure they're setting themselves up for success? Well, yeah, that's a great question. So I think Really, the very, very first step is grab a pen and a piece of paper or a computer, if that's what you're into, and actually write everything down. If I verbalize a goal or have something in my mind, it's less concrete. It's more, it's more fluid and it can change and it's more malleable. But if I determine what I would like to accomplish and I write it down or type it out, that makes it a little bit more just concrete overall. And then, and I'm a big fan of the SMART model with goals of specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based, right? I tell people all of the time, the more specific you can make things, it's a human psychology thing. The more specific you can make things, the more likely you are to actually achieve that goal, 
right? So I can say, I want to save money next year. And everybody knows what I mean. But what if I said, I would like to save $1,000 throughout next year, and I'll do so by putting X amount of money into my savings account each week or each month, right? It covers all our bases. And actually having that established and that more mapped out way of how I'm going to achieve it makes things much easier for me. And so I encourage people to, to physically write out what the goal is and then be as specific and dialed in as you can possibly make it. Make sure that you can perfectly see your goal in your head. Make sure that if you were to try to explain your goal to another person, that they would easily understand what you're trying to do. And also set up the sub goals as needed. Sometimes we have a bar that's reachable, but in order to help us maintain motivation, we can set up sub goals as essentially checkpoints from the starting point to the end point. And that way, you know, if, if my goal is to save a thousand dollars, say, you know, I know my first sub goal is to save a hundred dollars and, and yeah. hitting those benchmarks and checking those off the list just adds to motivation. It's okay. I'm one step closer, right? And there are steps on a staircase for a reason, right? It's okay for us to have these steps along the way that keep us motivated and keep us driven. You know, I, I, I love what you're talking about clarity. You know, I would even just call this clarity, like being clear. Yeah. You know, I found that one of the things that really stops people and just in my experience in sponsoring people or coaching people is that many times people get into recovery hunter and I don't know if this happened to you. I know what happened to me. It's like, I thought I knew what I wanted. And then I found myself an alcoholic going through the whole, you know, early recovery process, not really kind of wanting what I wanted before, but couldn't detach from it because really at the end of the day, I didn't know what I wanted, you know, yeah. and thank God I had people around me that were really great that said, hey, it's okay that you don't know what you want. It's it's totally fine. And not knowing what you want is even a step closer and watching things that I thought I wanted just evaporate in my life, which always happens in early recovery. Right. And looking mm -hmm. back, I see that was God doing for me what. I could not do for myself in your recovery journey, Hunter. Did you have any of that? Did you have any like come in and say, Hey, that you, you mentioned that you were a history major. You're not working in history now. Yeah. So like, did you have that situation? Did, did you have that kind of aha moment where you're like, wow, I need to reframe and really kind of focus in on what I want. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I completely agree with you. Early recovery very much can be a time of self-discovery because we really weren't ourselves, right? When we were struggling with whatever it was that we were struggling with. And yeah, I didn't know. I was I was very lost before I entered into recovery. I was bouncing around and I was a little bit aimless. And then once I got into recovery and really embraced it and 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 saw the benefits of the lifestyle it allowed me to to really narrow down my focus and really determine okay what are my values what do i like what interests me what hobbies do i want to engage in and i tell people all the time you know it's not it's not uncommon at all for me to hear i'm lost or i don't know where i'm going or i don't know what i like or i don't know who i am and, and i tell people well that's can be a really cool thing if you let it be so now's the time to go try things 
right? Try hobbies, try activities, meet new people and really figure out what you do like and keep what you like and toss with the rest. And I, that's exactly what I did. I just, I, I spoke to new people. I, I put myself in some uncomfortable situations. It's not so much uncomfortable recovery wise, but just things that were a little bit out of my comfort zone socially and, and really got to determine what I wanted to do in life, what direction I wanted to go. And then once you start to get more of a picture of what that is, right, then you can actually start to set some of these goals, which really serve as guideposts to keep you traveling down the path that you're beginning to form for yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, I, you know, it's interesting because I always tell people that are in recovery that said, you know what, I have a disadvantage. And, you know, you hear people talk, it's like, well, it's, I'm never going to be able to compete with my peers in the workforce. You know, one of the old ideas I had was, I'm, okay, well, my business career is over because who could, who's going to be able to go through a business life and not mm -hmm. be a drinker? Uh, so far from the, I had a great, you know, I've had a great business life yeah. sober. You know, it, it kicked off when I was sober. So, you know, some of these were old ideas that I had in my yeah. mind about what I thought things were. And then as you go through sobriety, it changes. I, I always tell people, it's like, man, if you could go through the whole process of getting sober, if you can do that, you're, you have an advantage uh, as far as achieving and setting goals because you're willing to be uncomfortable and mm -hmm. most people in life, I found, you know, they, let's just have forget about whether they suffer from addiction or a mental health disorder or whatever. They just don't want to be uncomfortable. People don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. But we've gone through this super uncomfortable uh, part of our lives, right? And uh, sometimes yeah. sobriety is uncomfortable, you know, years later. So what about setbacks? Can we, can we talk about that? Because yeah. I think when people see these setbacks, they go, well, I already have a strike against me or two or three strikes against me. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to get out of this stuff. Um, what do you do if you've, you've reached a goal? You know it's the goal that you want to do, Hunter. You know it's like, yeah, I should be doing this. I'm going back to school. I'm going to do this. And then there's a setback. How, what's, the, what's the right mindset? For a setback. Does that just mean, well, it's just not meant to be? I certainly don't think that that has to be the mindset at all. I think one thing we have to be first and foremost is one, flexible and forgiving. Flexible in the aspect of, you know, life sometimes just throws you curveballs. And in life, there are a whole lot more things you cannot control than things you can control. And so sometimes we just have to understand that we could have done everything right. And just one thing happened outside of our control that has maybe kicked us a step back and also forgiving of ourselves too. You know, maybe we made a misstep in trying to achieve that goal, or maybe we made a misstep on the next step after we achieved the goal and, and understanding we're not perfect and we're fallible. And especially in recovery, both early and late recovery, you know, we're probably trying new things. We're getting out of our comfort zone. We're not exactly doing things we've done a million times before. So just being able to take a step back, right? It's, uh, I like the, in reference to, to this and maybe something not quite going as we planned, I really like what I call the REST technique, R-E-S-T. So it's relax, evaluate. So take a step back, take a breath, 
set intentions. So re reorganize everything in your mind and maybe you need to add something here or take something away there or, or do something differently somewhere along the line and then take action. And, and just understanding that, you know, having that, having that setback is really more of a learning process than anything else. And everybody's goal for the most part is to move forward. That just looks different for everybody. Everybody has different lives and, and different people in their lives and different situations. And when a setback occurs, the one thing we don't want to do, especially is punish ourselves because it's very difficult to move forward if you're kicking yourself while you're down. But also we want to use that as a learning experience because in that setback, you've gained information on how to do it better or what not to do. So really these can be looked at as great opportunities to compel you even further then you might have gone without the setback. For all of you Recovered Life Show listeners who've battled in sobriety and are ready to level up, listen up. I'm offering a week of my accountability coaching absolutely free. This isn't just about day-to-day survival. It's about aggressively propelling your life forward. Whether you're new to sobriety or have been sober for years and are struggling to elevate your life, I'm going to be your partner for a week and help you get on track and start living the recovered life you deserve. We're not just talking about setting goals here. We're going to pursue real, tangible breakthroughs in your personal and business life. This is more than recovery. It's about owning your path and seizing the greatness you're destined for. But hurry, spaces are limited. Don't wait. Go to DamonFrank.com and claim your free week and start your journey. It's time to transform survival into thriving. Visit DamonFrank.com and book your free week now. Can we talk a little bit about people around you and sharing your goals? Because a a lot of times I I see people go wrong with this. You know, um, they, you know, we know that people that suffer from alcoholism and drug addiction, eating disorders, sometimes come from families that although they might not have other people who are addicted to a substance, there's codependency, there's comorbidity, there's other things that are going on there that might not be the best sounding board, right? Because of their personal experiences. And I, and I see this with parents, siblings, friends, old, you know, childhood friends where people see you as one way because they've lived with you the whole time. But now that we're sober, we've had this breakthrough, right? And things are never going to really be the same. Uh, But they don't necessarily see that, nor should they, right? Like, no, no, you know, and I've realized it in life, nor should they. How do you, who do you share these goals with? And who do you not share the goals with? It's a really good question. And I think we need to, to really evaluate who our support group is. And ideally, as we enter into recovery, we start to add more people to our support group, whether it be through through meetings or other types of services, spiritual services, counseling, you know, other avenues of meeting new people that are experiencing us in this transitionary stage in life. And find people that are in your corner and and can see the potential that you have in this new way of life and those are great people to tell because the more people who know the more people can help you 
And the one thing we don't want to do is withhold this information that we have about these goals and struggle when the whole time we could have people in our corner with their hand out waiting to give us a boost. And, and for some people that might not be used to this new way of life or haven't really bought into the new type of person, somebody that's getting into recovery can become, you know, it's okay if it takes that person a little bit of time. Ideally, our actions and our behaviors are going to allow that person's mind to, to swivel and begin to see what is possible within us. And I think it would be great to one day really let those people in on what our goals are and what we're shooting for. But if we have to just hit the pause button on that for a little while, that's perfectly okay. But one thing we do want to find is people in our lives that we can share this type of stuff with people that can motivate us and hold us accountable. Yeah. Everybody needs that sober tribe. You know, everybody mm-hmm. needs that, those, those group of people that you definitely can count on that are going to be, but also tell you the truth too, right? That also are yeah, going to tell absolutely. you the truth. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about recovery is that it was the first time that I found that people were really honest like brutally honest mm-hmm. it's like no that's a really bad idea you shouldn't hang out with those people yeah. right they just say it right and it was yep. in, a, in a way shocking but also very uh refreshing because people would actually tell you the truth about their experience what was going yeah. on you know i gotta jump into the whole process of living your life through goals here real quick hunter because one of yeah. the things i look back on you know i got sober in my 20s I woke up and said, you know, I had done some stuff when I was drinking, but still I was like, oh my God, I'm behind. I've got to go. And I just was just relentless. Right. And I look back now and I say, you know what? I wish I would have enjoyed the process a lot more. And now when I set goals, it's a much different thing. I have really big goals that I have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I do, I achieve a lot of them. I really do. I really typically, I, if I could stay focused, I do achieve them. But one of the things I've I've inter I've I've inter- interlaced into my goal setting is: Am I enjoying this process? Yeah. Because I found it's not. I know this sounds just really canned, but really is. It's not really about the goal. It's about actually the process of achieving the goal is where all the joy is getting it. You know, I've gotten the car, gotten the house, gotten the pit, you know, I've gotten all that. It's great. I I, look, I always say I would rather, I would rather drive to the grocery store in an $80,000 car than walk. Okay. But it's not going to make or break who I am, the $80,000, right? The process of getting the things or having that experience was really where the true recovery was for me. Yeah, It wasn't in actually, I got, it wasn't in the bling. Um, Can you talk about maybe your personal experience where you found some gold that you didn't really think was going to be there in the goals that you achieved or were pursuing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, and I also completely agree with you. My favorite saying, I say that a lot, but I think this one actually is my favorite, is the person who enjoys the journey will go farther than the person who only seeks a destination. And if, if you're if you're focused and enjoying the journey, the destinations will come and go along the way, but you're going to keep going and you're going to find more destinations. And But I fell a little bit victim to that early in recovery. I had a few destinations in mind and I got to them. I know um, early on in sobriety, um, 
you know, one of the first things that I wanted to do is, is become a certified addiction counselor. And I thought when I reached all my hours and education and, and everything along those lines, that it, everything was just, it was going to rain gold that day and, and life was going to be set and it was all going to be sunshine and rainbows. And the day came and I got that certificate in the mail and it was just a Tuesday, right? But what happened along the way that I neglected a little bit was the actual education I did receive and the relationships I made, the work experience and the coworkers that two of them were just in my wedding last year. And, and after that happened is when I really started to, to understand that I enjoy and want to put more focus on the actual process and the self-improvement and working on myself. And I'll have check marks to hit, but ultimately, as soon as I hit one, I'm just going to set another one. So there's not so much of a focus that's necessary on this one destination because there's going to be many more to come. But if I keep working and focusing on me and paying attention to myself and doing everything I can to ensure that my recovery is stable and I'm doing things for me in my life that also help me to be there for the people around me and build those relationships then everything else after that, those destinations that come, I mean, that's just icing on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. You and know, it's it's interesting because like I've, I've found it's like I have my plan and then there's God's plan, my higher powers plan, right? Which is so yeah. much bigger and grander. And if I get so locked down into my plan, it's got to be my way. It's got to be the way that I envisioned it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I shut myself off from a lot of amazing things that could come into my life. You know, I mean, that that's part of the interesting thing about recovery uh, to me is that it's kind of never ending, right? Yeah. There, there is no destination, really. Like, you could just keep going with it. Absolutely. Yeah, it very much is a lifestyle. And it is one that I tell people it's the unique thing about the recovery lifestyle is you have the ability to become a better person in recovery than you were before you were even in addiction. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so Hunter here, uh, closing, closing advice here for anyone who's listening uh, that might be currently thinking about the recovery goals for the new year. They're thinking about sitting down with that piece of paper here. They're like, they've had the New Year's celebrations. What would you tell them? What would you tell them to do? What would be your advice? My advice would be, again, write them down, whatever you choose for them to be, but also understand it's easier to add goals and to expand upon goals after you reach them throughout the year. And that is less of a hit than getting upset about not reaching them. So you can always add more. And to start off right with a bar that is achievable and attainable, but ultimately making sure as you set these goals that your recovery is always first and to make sure that we are forgiving and flexible, understand that goals may change and that is all right. It's okay for us to, to work things around a little bit and as long as we are focused on moving forward, then you're doing the right thing. Perfect. Perfect. Words to live by. Uh, I'd like to thank you so much. Hunter Bickers, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to put a link to how you can get a hold of Hunter, more information, and how you get a hold of Water Edge Counseling in Savannah. 
in the show notes. So go ahead and check it out. Happy New Year, Hunter. And thanks so much thanks. for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. And Happy New Year to you as well. Sometimes addiction recovery can be a lonely battle, but you don't have to fight it alone. At Recovered Life, we're dedicated to helping you live your best recovered life. And that's why we're inviting you to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter. Every week, we carefully curate exclusive content from leading minds in addiction recovery, mental health, and all things important to the recovery lifestyle. Stay in the know with the latest news about addiction and get exclusive invitations to special recovery-focused events and explore insights tailored to support recovery from alcoholism, drug addiction, codependency, disordered eating, dysfunctional family dynamics, gambling, and so much more. With our newsletter, each week becomes an opportunity for growth, healing, and taking a step closer to the life you deserve. Take your first step towards a brighter future today. Go to recoveredlife.us and subscribe for free. Sign up now at recoveredlife.us. Dot us.